You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 135 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. My, uh, I've got feeling back in my feet. Uh, what, and, what, uh, why did feeling go out of your feet? Because I shot an event on the weekend in yes. Melbourne and oh, yes. I was uh, pretty much on my feet. It was a, a 16-hour shoot. Wow, wow. And, and I decided to break in new shoes, which wasn't very was smart, stupid. was it? And I kind of lost my personality by the end of the night. You know that happens when your feet oh, are sore, you lose oh, your personality. Yeah. Oh, I lose more than personality. <laughs> But how good does it feel when you take your shoes off? And uh, and and everyone was complaining about the same thing on the night. And I remember um, one of the publicists who was almost in tears about how much her feet hurt. And she had to then go on and keep going for another day after wow. that. Like, no sleep. She had to keep going the next day. And I gave her my little uh, feet massage hack, which is what I use when I'm in hotel rooms and I've got sore feet, is you get a Coca-Cola bottle. You know the ones you get in the mini bar? Uh-huh. You know how the Coca-Cola bottles have got those grooves in them? They've got a distinct yes. shape to them, right? Mm. You put that on the ground and you roll it under your feet and, oh, my God, it's heaven. If you That's can't like it- gross. You can't get a Thai massage, so don't ever drink the Coke in a hotel room after I've been there. But, God, Valerie, if Uh the stuff that goes on in hotel rooms anyway, they're gross. It's it's gross full stop. This is amazing. Okay. Well, and, of course, the big event that we're talking about were the Logies in Australia. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, so it's like our TV. Uh, it's like the, the Emmys. It's like the Emmys, the Australian yeah. equivalent. And it was a big night because a uh, friend of the show and the voice of uh, the intro and outro of So You Want to Be a Photographer, Australian actor Samuel Johnson, not only did he win uh, Most Outstanding Actor, which is a peer-nominated, voted award. He won the Gold Logie for the most popular entertainer on Australian television. So massive night. So proud of him. Top bloke. And uh, that was so exciting. It was amazing. Very exciting. So, listeners, when you hear this podcast, the first uh, voice that you hear in the intro and the last voice you hear in the outro is Samuel Johnson. And, yes, he did win the Gold Logie, which is basically the top gong in Australian television. So very excited for Samuel. Uh, and, yeah, very well-deserved because he, he's, um, he's a fantastic actor. 
Yeah. Very cool. So what was it like? You know, I mean, I was very, I was fortunate enough to be with you last year at the Logies Mm. and it is a massive day. And, Mm. you know, for people who are in the gold community at GinaMilitia.com, we shot last year a whole bunch of behind the scenes videos on what actually happens at an event like this. And if you haven't, if you're in the gold community and you haven't had a look at, um, at, at these videos, it, it's just so eye-opening. This kind of behind-the-scenes stuff has does not exist anywhere that I can that I know of anyway. And it's fantastic to see how a photographer, that's Gina obviously, shoots under pressure, shoots in a situation where there are literally thousands or, or hundreds of people around where you have very limited time and mm. in a limited space as well. Um, mm. and, uh, and people who sometimes are half drunk depending on what time you well, shoot them. It, 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 like at the start of the event, which is when they're getting ready, uh, it's like I photograph uh, everyone there and we have a beautiful set and it's beautifully lit. Uh, but that's intense because I've got like a whole lot of people to photograph in very limited time and I have very little time to direct them and get them into place. So that's stressful. Then we've got a – And it's noisy because they and they can barely hear you. Yeah, and then there's people who haven't seen each other for ages so they want to be social and I'm the one that's going, no, no, move on, move on, <laughs> get on with yeah. me photograph you. And then we've got to then turn around the photos and get them uploaded and sent out to the Australian media, like yeah. within an, a, a very short amount of time, like a couple of hours we've got. So yeah. that's stressful. And then we come back and do it again for the after party. And that is stressful because often you're dealing with people who have had a good time for the last several hours yeah. and alcohol may or may not be involved. And mm. so it's kind of like it's very similar to being at a party for three-year-olds. <laughs> yes. And, of course, apart from getting the um, – just logistically speaking, um, apart from getting all of the shots out there to the Australian media, they all have to be captioned. They all have, they to, all be have to be captioned with the right names yeah. and the right spellings of names. And mm. that has to be done very carefully. Otherwise, if you're sending out an image out there and it's actually, you know, misnamed, it might be another Oscar situation where you can say, you know, Gold Logie winner is <laughs> such a – yes. Yeah, so it's it's actually quite a intense. Well, it's it's a very intense um, process. But uh, you've been doing it for a while now, and and I yeah. know that you're an expert at it, and it's it's something that um, uh, you 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 know you, you're used to. And I have my own after-party protocol, Valerie. Where yeah. so the next day, uh, I just curled up on the couch in the fetal position, yeah, and I just watched Netflix and Stan all day, all Great. day. What, what did you watch? Um, there's a new show. Uh, what's that? Um, Sophia Amoros. No, what's her name? The um, oh, girl boss. Girl boss. I yeah. binge watched that. <laughs> really? Was it I any did. good? I did. I like it. I like it. Really? I enjoyed it. It, it was just mind numbing, nothing kind of television that just exactly. It was like it's the equivalent of, you know, having uh, KFC on the couch, <laughs> you know, with that, that that's fast food for the soul. <laughs> right. But was it so, good? 
and I had dumplings as well. Awesome. <laughs> I enjoyed it. But it's like all the good TVs coming out now, Val. Like um, yeah. all the great shows from the US are because it's uh, spring over there, they bring out all the new shows. So all the ones that I've been waiting for are coming on. So there's going to be a bit of binge watching for me over the next oh, uh, few weeks. What have you been up to? How's the uh, how's the rope art? <laughs> the rope art is going well. I've had another one-on-one, um, you know, a tuition session with a really, really accomplished um, rope artist in Australia, and she spent like four hours with me, and it was fantastic because. I I had a whole heap of questions which I um, uh, I, I shared with her uh, prior to to the workshop, and she was so amazing. She uh, Taylor made the workshop so that uh, all my questions would be answered, and so that wow. I would get real practice with the exact things that I wanted. So she she made a bespoke workshop, which was which I was so impressed by, and I, I, I just you. thought it was great. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm excited. <laughs> for our workshop. Yes, yes. So I'm running an introductory one um, that you're attending uh-huh. in a few days and that's going to be really fun. The one I did with her was an advanced one. And, oh, um, so now's advanced? What's, what's no, wrong Gina, it's, it's, it's not advanced. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't sign up for a beginner's class. I want to do like advanced stuff. That's okay. What we all do. have to remember peeling potatoes, Gina. Okay. Peeling right. potatoes. You've got to start with, yep. yeah, the the fundamentals first before you move on to the the harder stuff. But I'm it's going to be YouTube fun. after this, and I'm going to learn how to do, do <laughs> rope art. Gonna, so I know some stuff. Okay. Well, mm. I'm hoping that when we have our session in a few days, so I'm heading down to Melbourne, and it's going to be Gina and a few other people. I'm hoping that uh, it will just have a lot of fun. And that will, apart from showing you how, you know, the an introduction to rope art, I'm hoping there's some champagne involved and some oh, cheese. For sure. mm. Cheese and champagne. That's yeah. goes cheese, champagne, rope art. It, they always go hand in hand, don't they? I'm hoping. Uh, there better be. Foe, I'm if you're hoping. listening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, this week we – this is a great topic mm-hmm. – how to use colour for maximum impact in photos. I think this is fantastic because um, – Colour is just so important and it's often overlooked, I feel. Um, And I know that, you know, in my time as a photo editor and a magazine editor, uh, it's something that I was always really aware of, but it's something that not all photographers necessarily think about because they – um, they are they are trying to capture maybe um a, a, an event or, a, or 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 a or a scene, but sometimes they don't think what impact certain color choices, whether they're 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 put there um, specifically, like it's styled or 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 not, um, make on make to the photo. So I'm keen to find out where you're going to go with this topic, Gina. I believe that it um, is a topic that has been inspired by a listener question from Kunal Prasad in the Facebook group. Yes. And uh, the Facebook group, of course, is a wonderful uh, Facebook community um, that's free to join of our listeners. And if you want to join, um, just just uh, request to join. And um, all you need to do is search for 
So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and um, and you'll find the group there. And it's a great place of uh, listeners, of people who are interested in photography, where we ask each other questions, where we share our photos. Um, and uh, I love it. It's just full of fantastic people. But Kunal, who's been in the group for a while, has said, Gina and Valerie, I was wondering if uh, you can touch on, uh, touch on various color schemes like monochromatic, complementary, triad, and so on, and how we can apply color schemes in portrait photography. Mm. Cool. I like yeah. this. All right. So, Where so do we can start? I, I thought it was such uh, an excellent question that it's not enough to do uh, like a mini wouldn't do it justice. So I've made it a, what's the opposite of a mini, a fully, full, a full episode. <laughs> yes. yes. A whole episode to this topic because there's a lot to get through. So shall we dive in Val? Let's dive in. Where do we start? Well, you know what? It's been a while. We haven't had a quote for a while, have oh, we? Oh, okay, a quote. <laughs> so yes. colours are the mother tongue of the subconscious from Carl Jung. Oh. So colour, <laughs> you love, you didn't like that. It was a bit of a like a, oh. <laughs> I'm trying to process it. Colours are the mother tongue of the subconscious. Okay. So basically colour has a big impact on how we feel about a subject. So a successful image should make us feel something and colour has a big impact on that. And so if you use colour in the right way, it can be used to create a feeling of harmony or mm. isolation or mm. bleakness or tension or joy. So mm. if you've ever wondered about how much of an impact colour can make, uh, think about this experiment, Val, and I'm not sure okay. if you've ever done this, but you get a glass of milk or mashed okay. potatoes, right? Okay. Milk yeah. or mashed potatoes, which yeah. uh, what colour are they usually? White or cream. White or cream. Yeah. Get some uh, food colour uh-huh. and change the colour of your milk or mashed potatoes to blue or green. Why? What and then try and either drink the milk or eat the mashed potatoes. Your okay. mind then looks at the milk and you're used to seeing milk and no milk as white or yes. mashed potatoes as white. And yes. the effect of the seeing that the, it's not the right colour, it actually grosses you out and it's very <laughs> – like the food colour does not affect the taste in any way and mm. it's not going to make you sick but you will feel sick trying to drink the milk or eat the mashed potatoes. That's, <laughs> that's how big colour has an impact on us. Okay, right? right. And in other ways, think about the effect that uh, I know when I go to a shopping centre or a mall or somewhere like Ikea, mm. right, and you're looking around and it's just like an explosion of colour and often shopping malls, it's just like colour everywhere and it's not – very well organized. It's just like random color. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. There, There is like nowhere for the eyes to look and rest. So you're always yeah. like it's, it's so disorganized that, that it can be really tiring versus when you go somewhere like a health spa 
I love health spas. Oh, we we all do. (laughs) Where they've really put a lot of thought into how a person feels when they walk into the space. So they think Mm. about not only the sound that you hear, you always hear the sound of whales, don't you? <laughs> or, or or rainforest or yeah, like rainforest. Thing. It's usually, and it's always a whale somewhere when you yeah, have a massage. Okay. Or, or, a, or a, I don't know what kind of massages you have, Gina, but I don't hear no whales when I have my massages. <laughs> or the ocean, but it's always serene. And, yes. and then the colour scheme mm. in a health spa is also very serene. You're not going to walk into sweet. a health spa and see like lots of bright lights flashing and bright colours. It's it's always like often very muted colours. There's often a lot zen. of greens and yeah. maybe blues or pastels and as soon as you walk into a space like that you're automatically relaxed so color can have a play a huge impact and if you look at the psychology of color like if you if i say the color blue what do what do you think of when you think of blue peaceful yeah peaceful calm serene what about red angry yeah, angry or passion, desire, mm, love yeah. as well, or attention. So red for stop signs. Red, yep. it stands yep. out. Uh, yep. The color orange is often associated happy. with happy, joy, encouragement, stimulation, mm. stimulation, or caution because it's the middle color. Uh, mm. Yellow. Sunshine. Uh, I, yeah, I associate color the yellow with sunshine, joy, happiness, energy. It stands out from the crowd. Did you know mm. that uh, babies cry more in yellow rooms? Oh. So if you have a baby, uh, perhaps don't think about you know change. <laughs> don't 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 paint the the walls yellow. And okay. uh, knowing this is annoying because I grew up in a yellow room. Oh, right. Life, and do you know when I was old enough to choose the color of my walls, I changed. Mm. Change the color to light blue. Okay, must have already known. I just realised that. Have oh, words about that. Uh, green is always associated school. with. I associate it with my school <laughs> really? color. Yes, really. So maybe intelligence and green. Uh, green's also associated with money, uh, healing, and health, and calm and peace. Uh, also associated with green. What about purple, Val? Royalty? Yeah. Power, wealth, extravagance, Mm -hmm. uh, wisdom, dignity, and. Cadbury's chocolates. And Prince. Oh, yeah, and Prince. (laughs) Yes. And chocolate as well. Uh, White, Val, what do you associate with? Yeah. Purity. So, so purity, perfection, cleanliness. White is often a positive color. When you see a battle between good and evil, it's usually the uh, good is dressed in white, evil is dressed in black. So when you see black, it often has negative connotations. Evil uh, in some cultures, black is associated with grief and uh, formality, death, evil, mystery uh, all surrounds black. So so there you can see that colours already have uh, play a, a, a big role in, in how we feel about things. So often yeah. the, the, we need to uh, be careful about the colours that we choose when, when we're taking photos and if you have any control uh, over the underlying tones and what the what message you want to put across in your photos, you want to think about the psychology of colour. Now let's have a think about 
how we use color. So you've got the color color choices and the the way that we use color can be affected by the the saturation, the level of saturation of a color. So uh, and this can uh, the way you use saturation can be used uh, can have a huge impact on the overall vibe or how an image feels. So okay, can and- you just define saturation? What you're referring to with about when you're talking about saturation, just in case there are people who don't know. So how intense the colour is. So if you've got like a very bright, poppy, highly saturated colour, it's got a lot of hue in the colour. It's like it's intense. Okay. And, and so like a bright fire engine red is highly saturated. Mm-hmm. And then at the other end of the spectrum, if we remove the saturation from that colour, we get a soft, muted, like a, a pastel red or a light red. Yep. It's soft, like there's a difference. So over-saturated image in photos tend to make the photo look fake because when you see – say you see water in an image and it's too blue, uh, automatically we know that water isn't like, you know, blue, blue, blue that you see in some images. So we're looking at it going, it's a bit fake. Or when you see someone's eyes that look too blue or lips that look too red, it's got a fakeness about it. At the other end of the spectrum, when you desaturate an image, you can actually make an image look bleak. It can create a bleak vibe to to the image. So um, depending on on, on the vibe, if you want to create a joyful vibe, you want might want to have more intense colors in the image. And if you want to have a bleak vibe in the image, you can use desaturated images. Now, this technique is used a lot in the movies. So do you know the movie Up, Val? Oh, yes, um, the one with the house and the man floats yeah. up with the house. Yeah. I, I was really depressed in that movie. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that movie. I but don't like in the it. the intro to that, the, the intro images in that movie at the start where it's very happy, if right. you look at that movie, they're very bright, lots of poppy colours because that's okay. the feeling that they wanted to convey, bright, yeah. up, happy. At the end of the film, if yeah. you look at the images, they've they've – very desaturated. There's hardly any colours because they wanted yeah. to convey the bleak feeling of the ending. Well, this is meant to be a kids' movie, and I don't understand I know, why. Long. Like, I was so depressed. I don't know. Oh. It's silly. Anyway, it's a whole other podcast. What <laughs> <laughs> well, deconstructing up? Yes. So, so another way we can work uh, with colour is uh, in images is with colour schemes. And so mm. colour schemes are, are ways that colours look good together. So yes. we've got a number that I want to get through. So okay. let's talk about monochromatic. So monochromatic colour schemes are created from a, a single base colour and then you might extend the tones just using the base colour as a tint. So like if you want to make that colour lighter, you can add whites to it or darker by adding black. So you've got like basically one colour. So, so the most obvious monochromatic, monochromatic color scheme would be black and white right right? 
but yes. colors work as well. So you might want to think about uh, trying this uh, technique with your photographies because what it does is it forces viewers to focus on the details and it gets rid of everything else that might be distracting. So in the show notes, I've got a couple of um, images, but you, if you don't, if you can't, you're driving or uh, hello to everyone in a truck. Do you know we have a lot of people who drive trucks <laughs> that listen to okay. the show? Oh, well, hello, so, truckies. Hello, and how about like a little, you know, the, the horn? Yes. Well, <laughs> I know Danette does. Hello, Danette. Yes, there's lots and lots and lots of truck drivers who listen to the show. So, hello. Mm-hmm. So, if you're driving the truck, obviously, you can't be, don't look at the show notes now. <laughs> Wait till you've pulled over at the truck stop where they sell the really good uh, steak sandwiches. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so I've got an image where I have a, a series of mozzarella cheeses hanging from a ceiling and it's monochrome. There's only the, the, the only color in there is tones of yellow, Val. So yes. you've got like darker yellows in the, in the ceilings that make up the hues of the timber and then you've actually got the uh, mozzarella hanging there and uh, just like it's, it's one tone. So it's a, a simple way. It's, so it, it's, it's, it's not a black and white, but it's just I one. I love cheese. So it's all of, yeah, I know. So that's I'm really hungry oh, right now. Do you like? My, I'm starving. <laughs> do you? Uh, do you? Do, what's for dinner? <laughs> oh, probably spaghetti bolognese. I'm doing a stir fry. Um, <sighs> so it 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 works, and and, and it's a really uh, good way. And it's you a can great see shot it's, uh, uh, done in uh, movies as well. I've got a still from Train Spotting where yep. it's uh, basically blue tones in yes. the. Image. So uh, blue and black. So you can use this technique where you might have an image and you desaturate it and but only allow like you could bring back um, a blue tone or a red tone through the image to create the vibe that you want. And and yeah. so it's just a, not another extension on black and white, but it's a, a good way uh, uh, to use color in an image and just isolate the details that you want to isolate in the image. Okay. Yeah, I like it. All right. The next one I want to talk about, Val, is the next color scheme is complementary colors. Now, by complementary colors, it's uh, it's not where sort of uh, they're, they're colors that, that uh, color becomes more obvious by using contrast. So if you, uh, to increase contrast, you choose colors that are opposite each other on the color wheel. I've also <laughs> provided a color wheel in the show notes if you scroll for write down, you can mm-hmm. see that uh, the uh, colors that are opposite each other on the color wheel actually work really well together and you can make a pleasing image by an image that's visually pleasing just by working with colors opposite each other like uh, blue and yellow are opposite each other, red and green are opposite each other on the color spectrum, orange and bl- light blue are opposite each other. And mm. so, well, so this is something that you could think about uh, in your rope art, Val, if you're going to start working with color, you might want to work on a color theme where you're using complementary colors. The tr- right, right. So you might you might have two colors. So I've got an image in the show notes where I've got an an a uh, an image of a couple of cherry tomatoes against a background of green 
that's uh, blurred out. So it's a couple of splashes of red from the cherry tomatoes against a green image. So visually to the eye, this is a really pleasing image. And that's because I've used the two complementary colors. Now, there is a trick to this. It's not a matter of just using complementary colors and go, okay, so red and green work together. I'll just uh, find images where I've got 50% red and 50% green and, and th- there you go, I'll have a pleasing image. Mm. It's it's That's not enough. The trick with working with complementary colors is that you should try and use the weaker color, so the color that's not as strong visually. Yeah. Uh, in the majority of the frame, and so you get a more visually pleasing image. Okay. I've, I've, sh- I've done a little experiment in the show notes where I've taken my shot of the cherry tomatoes, which probably the tomatoes themselves probably take up about maybe 15% of the frame. Not even. Worker, not even, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest is green. If I was to reverse that and make mm. the background red, mm and the cherry tomatoes green, have mm. a look at what happens. Like how, wow. how does that do to your eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, of course, are in the show notes at GinaMilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. So Gina's reversed the proportions and, with, and made the, you know, cherry tomatoes green and the background red. And it really is, it's, it's it, it hurts your mess. eyes. It hurts your eyes. It's going to give me a migraine. if I. Yes. So it's really jarring to the eyes. And you would think that if you just applied this simple formula, it should work mm. across the board, but it doesn't. So always remember that the uh, weaker color is the color that you use in the background and the stronger color is the one that you uh, add little highlights of and try and have a do- the weaker color being dominant. So if you were to create a some rope art with this Val and you wanted to create something very peaceful you'd have something that maybe you had lots of hues of green as the background and then little dots of red as an accent if you wanted to do something like that right yeah right yeah in your photography and uh, I uh, did the same exercise using blue as the weaker color yep. and then uh, complementary color is yellow and dots of yellow and uh, th- that works But Mm. when you do the opposite of that, it's quite jarring where you've got the majority of the background is yellow and then you've got dots of blue. Very. It doesn't doesn't work. So what uh, I think uh, a suggestion that I have, if if this can get uh, quite confusing at times and how do you know what's the dominant color, if you're ever Mm. at a loss, just ask yourself, what would Mother Nature do? Right. <laughs> what would Mother Nature do? So if you look around, Mother Nature actually, she got it right. She got it okay. right. So if you look around at nature and you kind of mimic what happens naturally in the environment, you're mm-hmm. not going to get it wrong. So if you think about um, having uh, a blue sky, large blue sky, small mm. yellow sun, all right? Mm. There it is. The the dominant yep. color is yellow and yep. the weaker color is blue and a blue sky with the sun is pleasing to the eye. The other way yeah. around, you're never going to see a yellow sky with a blue sun unless you go maybe to a, another planet. Mars. But, like, it, yeah, it doesn't work, yeah. all right? <laughs> and, and then you think about that um, again in nature where you've got the tomato bush, 
lots and lots yep. of green, only small amounts of red. And all berry right. trees, there's only tiny dots of red. And even like a field of poppies might be predominantly green with yes. splashes of red. So the, yep. the weaker colour is green, stronger colour is red, splashes of red against a background of green. So that's basically yep. how complementary colours work. And it's like it's not often – recommended that, that that little trick about, you know, working out which one, that, which colour is the dominant. So it's a really good uh, hack to remember when you're working it on your compositions and your photography. So in terms of a portrait, you might have a um, – a woman in a red dress, that's your little pop of colour and make sure you put her up against a, 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 a like a background of green, it's going to really pop and that's a good way to use your complementary colours. Or uh, a woman in a yellow dress against a blue sky is also going to look amazing because you've got the complementary colours or you might have a, a child against a blue sky holding a yep. bunch of yellow balloons. Yes, and often that is why we see red and green together like at Christmas because they're kind of on opposite sides of the colour wheel too, right? And they work really well. So that's, yes. they're just some little hacks uh, and, and that's like a simple way and, and that's a really basic intro into colour, into using your complementary colours. And complementary colours is not when a bunch of colours just stand around and go, oh, my God, you look amazing. <laughs> Which is that dress? That's fantastic. Did you get your hair done? That's not complementary oh colours. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so here's an interesting – well, you might – may or may not find it interesting, a uh, piece of trivia for you is um, there was a murder trial in Australia uh, not that long ago, only a couple of years ago, um, and you may remember it, uh, Alison Baden-Clay was sat tragically uh, murdered and her husband was charged with her, ultimately charged with her murder. Anyway, during the court case, the um, – Alison's uh, friends and family wore yellow because mm -hmm. that was her favourite colour and, you know, at some point they released yellow balloons into the air. Anyway, they they wore yellow as a nod to Alison. But what the um, husband's side of the family did in court is they wore the colour purple, which, oh of course, God. is at the opposite side of the colour wheel. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, that's just a bit of trivia for you. Um, oh. So colour can make an impact in all sorts of ways. So, yes, yes. what's uh, next? So, and we see complementary colours used in advertising a lot. Uh, the, you can also, uh, not only in the choice of colours, like be as obvious as the backgrounds that you use and the colours that people are wearing, but you can also bring uh, complementary colours into the way that you tone your images. So um, right. you see uh, this done, again, a lot in advertising and Hollywood blockbusters, and one of the most uh, common uses of complementary colours in movies is blue and orange tones. Oh. And if you once you start to – once it's pointed out to you, you'll see it everywhere. So I've got a still from uh, a, a Hitchcock movie where you see it. It's like uh, the predominant color is orange. So that's, that's – uh, the, like the, which is – 
um, it, most of the still is orange and then there's touches of blue. And mm-hmm. so what they do is like the shadows might be blue. There might be a blue tinge to the shadows and right. then there's an orange tone to most of the image. So can you see it in that still there, Val? Blue yeah. and orange. Yeah, right? yeah, sure. And, of course, we and, put these images in the show notes. And, like, another example is in the movie Fight Club. You can see, yep. again, blue and orange. You know, Ooh. mostly, most of the – when you look for the orange tones, you can see it. In mo- the majority of the still is orange tones and then there's little touches of blue. You can see it in the uh, in the shadows and uh, the, the, the skin tones are very warm and uh, set like a, an orange color, orange and blue, complementary colors. And yep. – uh, one of one of our favourite movies, Val, uh, in Terminator, you can see it as well. So you can see that it's got a very strong underlying orange tone, and then you're mm-hmm. bringing in little hints of blue in the highlights. So the way you could do this in a portrait is you would have uh, warm tones and you might want to introduce, say, a blue highlight from the, on the background of the, of the shot. So you see this done in a lot like fit, fit, I've seen it done in a lot of fitness model shots where they might have like warm tones throughout and then they'll just drop in uh, a blue backlight coming across that or a hair light or just for little details and it just adds some blue tones into the shot or Mm. you can actually uh, recreate these shots in post-production using software like Lightroom or Photoshop or Capture One or whatever you use and um, in the editing process you can actually bring in colors like blue into the shadows you can tone your shadows blue and you can uh, bring up the overall warmth of an image so that you get that subtle complementary colors going on in the image and you can try it with other colors as well that are complementary and see how that works but once you now when you go next go to the movies look out for the because that all movies have a color palette that they work with so look yeah. out for the tones and you'll you'll see that like the that uh, blue orange is everywhere it's used to death in hollywood yeah yeah wow okay and I, I never noticed that before yeah, so there you go, Val. So um, the, 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 another thing that you can look at with these colors is the difference between receding and advancing colors. So as a general rule, warm colors like your reds, violets, oranges, yellows, uh, that come will come forward in the frame and um, your cool colors like greens, blues, and violets, they're receding colors. They go back into the frame. So yep. a person who's wearing warm tones against a, a, a cool background is going to make a powerful portrait, okay? So right. um, and I've got a really famous example to share with you is that Afghan girl. I think we all know oh, it. Yes. Been seen. It's a very famous image. Yes. But uh, so and Steve McCurry, who shot that, he uses uh, receding and advancing colors a lot in his photography. So he's got the cool colors in the background and the warm colors in the foregrounds, and it really makes that image quite strong. So that's something yep. that you might want to think about when you're uh, composing your shots as well. Color is really important. It shouldn't just be an accident or an afterthought. If you really think about it carefully, it's it's not that the person who's who looks at the image uh, is going to say, "Oh my God, they've used receding and advancing colours," or 
love the complementary colours. They won't know why they like the image, but they'll just mm. be it'll it'll just uh, it brings it all together and it makes a more pleasing image rather than that that example that I showed you where you've got the the opposite of that with the um, red background and the green. So like so yes. think about it. If your images are jarring, have a look at it, break it down. What is it about it? Is the colour having yeah. an effect? And it's it 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 it, it does. It has a huge effect on the on the images. Yeah, for sure. Okay, fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, the next uh, uh, color scheme that we can look at is the anal- analogous. Anal- analogous. Analogous. That's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to say analogous, analogous. based on yes. analogy. Val. So okay. uh, analogous colors are groups of three colors that are next to each other on the color wheel. So they're all right. close to each other. So again, this is something that you could also uh, use in your rope art as well. If you ever go, mm. are you ever going to go from white? Is it only white that you do as a rope artist or are you ever going to oh, start no. using color? I've just bought some yellow rope that has been hand dyed and some blue um, and I've also got some pink and black. Wow. So where are they on the spare? So maybe <laughs> uh, next time that you're working with colour, you might want to um, try working with maybe analogous colours where you have three colours that are next to each other on the on the colour wheel. So you might want to go with light blue, blue and yep. magenta, or you yeah. might want to work with red, orange and yellow or yellow, yep. light green and green and uh, have a go yep. with that and, and know that they're going to work. Uh, work together really harmoniously and then mm-hmm. um, it makes for a nice colour palette and you can use this technique when you dress yourself in the morning. Okay. <laughs> Choose okay. those three colours, have a lot nice pleasing colour palette. It, it works <laughs> uh, for, for a lot of different things. So um, working with these three colours, you 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 should try and have one colour that, that is more dominant through the image. So when you're using these, working with these colour schemes, it's not enough to just go, okay, I'm going to have three colours. I'll have, you know, a third here, a third here and a third there and a little bit, I don't know, put black there. It's, it should be one colour is dominant throughout right. the image and the, one is a supporting and the third as well as blacks and whites might be an accent colour. So you might have the third okay. one as a highlight, uh, you know, coming through in light. One one is the dominant colour throughout the image and one just supports the uh, whole image and holds it all together. So the good thing about this style of uh, this this type of colour scheme is it's a really it has a really peaceful vibe. You see it a lot in nature. So again, what would Mother Nature do? It, it combines colours that are very close to each other in the colour palette. So you might have a scene where you're uh, on a tropical island and you yeah. look out over the water. You've got the beautiful different tones of blue leading up into the beautiful blue sky valve. So you've got like beautiful colours that all blend together or you might have uh, all the the, the greens where they're seen together or you might have a field of um, uh, sunflowers where what, what are the colours there? You've got yellows and orange and green together. So they're all very close. They're close to each other on the colour wheel and they work beautifully together and they're a good combination to work with in this sort of colour scheme. Right. 
Yes. Okay, cool. All right, so I've got an example of uh, an image that I created using this without even knowing it, Val. Like, yes. So I've got an image of a couple in uh, – a, 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 two ladies that I spotted in Madrid walking towards me. And so the images, the predominant color is like a, uh, a, a what would you call that brown? I'd call it cac brown actually. It's like. <laughs> cac brown? <laughs> it's kind color? of mustard. It's kind yeah, of mustard. The color of baby poo when they. Um, okay, the nice. Uh, it's a mustard colour valve, much um, <laughs> much better way of describing it. But that's the predominant tone through the whole image. And then from there, yes. there is uh, a little bit of blue and uh, and then you've got some, some darker brown. So it's, it's kind of picked up on that theme as well. And uh, – so it it, it, it works. Uh, yes. And it's worth it's worth having a go of. So it's just a matter of getting yourself a colour wheel, having a look at the one in the show notes and seeing, all right, so let me try and uh, combine a few colours. And again, you can try this technique when you're using um, your toning. Uh, if you want to add some colour tone in, in post-production to your images or just how you work with uh, wardrobe when you're suggesting colours for people or trying to work out if you're using uh, a coloured background, what colour is going to work best for this particular colour scheme? So if I've got uh, my um, person wearing blue, then I know that maybe a magenta background is going to look good uh, Mm. or if, you know, they're in red, orange is going to look good against it or yellow using this particular colour scheme. And I think that's the important thing to remember is that you may or may not have any control over wardrobe or, you know, uh, your environment, but you can in post-production not necessarily change actual colours of tops or, 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 or outfits, but but as you say, just change the, the tones of whether you're changing the tones of blues or oranges or, or whatever it is. And so there are many opportunities in each step of the process that you can potentially um, put your colour hat on and mm. and tweak something. Yeah. So, Val, the next colour scheme I want to talk about is the triadic colour scheme. And so, triadic, uh, okay. Yes. So, these are three colours that are arranged evenly spaced around the colour wheel. So, it's one of the trickiest ones oh. to pull off. It's a very playful look because uh, the, the, the sort of the most common example is the red, green, and um, no, red, blue, yellow. And yes. you often see that in cartoons. So, if you look at all cartoons, they mm. use the really bright, poppy colours. One of the most famous examples of of advertising of this colour scheme is the Burger King logo, red, yellow, and blue. So it's using uh. these three colours that are, you know, so it's very poppy, it's very uh, playful, and, um, yeah, so so it, it's not it, – you see it a lot in um, – like the, one of the movies that it was used in was like some, something like Superman. So a lot of the superhero movies will use this colour scheme because it's, it's yeah, sort of right. an unreal look. So yep. uh, if you want to have that sort of poppy, surreal look to your images, then maybe work on that colour scheme and use those bright colours together to give you that vibe. And, again, completely mm. different vibe. So, you know, and when we're thinking about people developing a style that stands out uh, – 
you're, you're going to look at these and probably there'll be uh, certain styles, color schemes that do nothing for you, but there'll be others that you go, oh, my God, I really like that. I know my, I, I, I prefer to work with more muted, desaturated, darker, moodier tones, whereas right. there are people that would prefer to have their work looking more poppy and colorful and joyful. So this might be something that uh, that works for you. Okay, cool. I didn't know they were called triadic colour schemes. Yeah, and so after that we've got split complementary colour schemes and that's not where, you know, I don't have a lot for that. So it's basically where you've got your complementary colours, say red and green, but yeah. then you can go either side uh, on the colour wheel of those colours and incorporate uh, the colours that are next to the main colour. So if you've got red on the either side – other side mm-hmm. of red, you've got purple and orange, and mm-hmm. combine that with its complementary color, which is green. All right, right. So split complementary color. So we're getting a bit more complicated. I've got a, a, an, an example of how that's used in the show notes with an absolute uh, peach. Uh, vodka ad where they've used yeah. this and they've done it really well. So they've got uh, the 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 main color in there is like an orange, and then they've it got like some tones of red mm. and a little bit of magenta in there, and then uh, a splash of the complementary color, which is green, to create that look. And it's uh, quite successful. It works it's, very it, it much. Does, yeah. It does. You, you wouldn't think so, but it does. No. Mm, I like it. All right. Okay. So, um, and it's a it's very strong visual. So you might want to think about that even if you're working on logos and things like that. So the next one uh, to to think about the next color scheme is the tetra color scheme, or an easier way to say it. Yeah, double complimentary, which is oh my god, you look amazing. No, oh my god, you look really amazing. <laughs> double compliments. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically, I would just it- like to point out <laughs> to everyone here that we know that compliment, as in with an E, is totally different to compliment with an I. We're quite aware of that, and Gina's just being silly. Okay, please continue, so Gina. Double complementary schemes. Um, it's basically you've got two pairs of opposing colours. So it's what we did in the. Uh, the um the split complementary no the right. tri yeah the split complementary but you've now got the the opposite the complementary color you use the color either side so it's like a square so you've got your main color the color next to it and the the, the color on either side so if you've got you, you're picking orange you've got red on one side and light orange on the other and then you have the mm-hmm. complementary color which is blue oh. and then you've got blue and green so you work with that so it's basically uh two pairs of opposing colors and again you're using the weaker color more and with splashes yep. of the brighter color so now, i would just like to say that if you haven't printed out a color wheel or haven't got a color wheel uh, somewhere in your workspace, I actually highly encourage you to print that out because um, I'm now looking at the color wheels that Gina has provided in the show notes and you don't even necessarily have to print any of those out. You just need a color wheel. And it, it makes so much sense and it is so handy to then be able to see which 
colors are where on the color wheel and then be able to then make your decisions as to which direction you might tweak things a little bit more Mm. in in your photos absolutely if you don't have a color wheel printed out make sure you you get it done just so that it can give you that little extra help and guidance when you're looking at your own photos and inspiration because you you, Mm. you might never think to work with say um like something as as simple as a blue and an orange together, you know, you mm. might think, well, that doesn't work. But then when you see it together, you go, yeah, no, it does. It's actually mm. really visually pleasing. So it, mm. it's worth doing and having uh, like a, a little color wheel just uh, stuck to your computer. Yeah, you know, definitely. That you can have or just download one and keep it on your phone screen mm. so you can look at it for easy reference. So mm. there some of the colour schemes. A uh, couple of other things to think about are how colour can um, can change the vibe of, a mini, of an image is working with warm versus cool colours. So mm. you, that can drastically change how an image feels when you look at it. So I've got two, uh, two images, two images mm. that are exactly the same of yep. uh, an abandoned home that I photographed in Sicily. And this is exactly how I found it when I walked in. It's like the person just like, um, you know, left and every, like his jacket's still on the wall. The, st- the chair he was sitting on is still there. I wonder and- where he went. Oh, who knows? I'd love to know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and, one of the images, Val, I toned it very, with very cool tones. So it's very yeah. cold. So what feeling does that shot give you when you look Quite at it? Cold and bleak. It's very bleak. But the and other lonely. one, it's very, it, it feels very isolated, doesn't it? Mm. It's very bleak, very lonely. So this could be easily the last scene. Like you could see that in a horror movie or something. And they use mm. when you start to understand these theories of colours, you can start to see how it's used. And, and like um, encourage you all as you're watching TV now to have a look and really hone in on the colour tone and the way they're using tone and saturation to help tell the story all right so like so you see that it's cold bleak dark but then I've toned it very very warm and now what do you think um I think it's like a summer's day and it's almost like it's really optimistic and bright outside and they've abandoned the house because they've gone outside to have fun (laughs) That's it. They've gone for a picnic. So same image, radically different vibe just by changing the colour temperature. I haven't done anything else. I haven't tweaked this, the um, exposure at all. I've just changed the colour temperature and that can have a radical look. When um, you're working with something like – so think about that when you're doing your portraits. When you're working with something like food, it also has a huge impact. So I've got the mm. mozzarella balls out again, Val. Oh, I love cheese. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really hungry need, right now. You need a T-shirt. That just sounded like, sounded like Groundhog Day. I love cheese. love cheese. Give me one of those toys that the, you, know, you, you pull the cord and it's Valerie. I love cheese. Oh, no. I love cheese. 
Um, so the top image I've toned slightly warm and the yeah. food, like you look at that mozzarella and you kind of salivate because you go, oh, my God. Yeah. It's like 20 yeah. kilos of cheese. And so you'd oh, have 10, I'd have 10. Amazing. We probably, we knocked off a cheese platter the other night that was like, I don't know, a kilo of cheese, didn't oh, we? Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> and it looks really appealing. Uh, take yes. that cheese again. Yes. And apply a very cold tone to it. It's almost like a very bluey tone. Yeah. Uh, still hungry, Val, when you look at that? Not so much. No. Looks like a virus or something. <laughs> it doesn't look good, does it? <laughs> yeah. It's not very appealing. So, um, mm. again, uh, you know, when you think about how you want your image to feel, think about how you work with color tone and the temperature of a shot. It can completely change the vibe of an image. And mm. I've got a few examples of a portrait that I um, – toned in a different way. So I've got a very neutral portrait of Satiris there. I then mm-hmm. um, added some warmth and that mm-hmm. changes. So the top one, very neutral and you go, oh yeah, that's okay. When you warm it up, suddenly it just feels warmer, doesn't it Val? Yes, it's definitely. Like he, he feels friendlier because the yes. times are, are warmer and yes. when, when and, and, and even warmer still, it, it, it looks uh, like probably too warm and uh, yes. it, it doesn't look that appealing. So you've got to have the right amount of warmth. It's not enough to just uh, push the slider all the way to the right and get maximum warmth. It's like a little bit is good, more isn't necessarily better. So you yes. sort of to think about that as well because you still want the skin tone to look natural and then in the final image what I did is I applied the technique that they use in uh, a lot of Hollywood movies where I've uh, toned uh, most of it in an orange tone and then I've added some blue tones to the shadows and uh, again so it's a a different look so it's something that you can play with in your portraits and uh, and have a think about Um, and just to finish Val Try and avoid uh, working with clashing colors and, like, really Mm. take a page out of Mother Nature's look. She she really gets it wrong and has a great way of organizing uh, maximum. Uh, her colors for maximum impact, you know, to create a scene, a serene vibe. So you just look around you, look at the water, sand, sky. There's a nice combo. Look at yeah. tree, grass, and a pop of flowers. And, uh, you know, it, she never got it, never gets it wrong. It's never, you can never look at a scene where there's grass and some flowers and go, oh, my eyes hurt. It's very relaxing <laughs> and resting to the eyes. And so yes. when you're uploading photos, you, you hope that your image is going to have the same effect, that someone can happily look at that image forever. They'll have it on their wall and every mm. time they look at it, it just makes them happy. Absolutely. You know? So colour, that can have a huge impact on, on your uh, images. So there's a few things to think about. Do you actually think of um, colour palettes before you go on a shoot? Sometimes we discuss color palettes before we we do a shoot and the the tone and what we're going for. Yeah, if we, we're going for like you know, particularly if it's a um, uh, 
uh, a drama show that we're doing and we want to create mm. a sort of uh, a bleaker look, then we will go with sort of uh, bleaker tones and, and uh, we'll think about that and I might, might introduce like, you know, blue highlights into the shot. So, yeah, and if I want to create like a, uh, you know, if I'm doing a lifestyle shoot for a health company, I'm be, we're, we're thinking really carefully about the, the color choice for backgrounds and often it is either white or blue as a background because it's nice. it feels a lot cleaner and so yeah with it, like a, a, a lot of um thinking goes in and planning goes into the color scheme and and what the person's wearing as well to uh hopefully help sell the idea that we're we're trying to get across yeah right okay great well um that was a great topic how to use color for maximum impact in photos and something that's worth spending some time thinking about you know if and 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 in fact maybe doing some shots uh just for your own practice where you're thinking of those color palettes where you've we're using your you're specifically using complementary colors and making sure that there's the right balance where you're specifically trying out the um the analogous <laughs> colors and you're specifically trying out the tetradic <laughs> the, the, the double complementary is easier yeah. way to say uh color scheme so um i encourage you to print out the color wheel or get a color wheel from somewhere and use it and just do a few test shots i think it would be useful um and of course uh hashtag gina challenge this week uh is probably going to encourage you to do just that because um uh we want you to to give it a go so while you have a think gina about hashtag gina challenge if you're new New to this podcast, we have a challenge each each week, which we call hashtag Gina Challenge, and we upload our photos based on a specific topic or theme. Now that theme might be. <clears throat> Uh, a whole range of things. It might be using speed lights. It might be photographing kids. It might be shooting something grunge. It might be shooting a street scene. Uh, and we upload our images into the Facebook group, which you can find if you search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and uh, request to join. It's free to join and we'd love to see you in there. And uh, the if you want, you can interpret the hashtag Gina challenge topic however you like, and we'd love to see your shots. So what is hashtag Gina challenge for this week, Gina? Uh, surprise, surprise, colour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hashtag colour. Yeah. So hashtag Gina challenge, hashtag colour, and uh, interpret that however you like, and we'd love to see your shots. I love seeing the variety of people's shots and how they interpret it as well. It's uh, We've got some fantastic photographers mm. in the podcast community, and if you are, you know, newly joined and you're just lurking, that's okay. We know it can, can take a while sometimes before you feel comfortable to put your um, photography out there, but a few people have done that recently, some first-time posters, and I absolutely yeah. love some of their it's shots. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, really, really fantastic. Anyway, that is one place that you can connect with us. We'd love to see you in the Facebook group. Apart from that, where do we find you online, Gina? So ginamilitia.com. G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A and I'm at Gina Militia on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube. 
Everywhere. Uh, anything else, Val? What about you? <laughs> where, where, where can we find you, Val? At uh, Yoga Beach by hashtag blessed is one of your sites. Is that still no, running? It's not. No, is that still it's going? Not. That's ridiculous. It was never. Did you see a site. the T-shirt that someone silly. made for you in um, the podcast group? Hashtag blessed yoga beach oh, yes, yes, yes. Fantastic. <laughs> we should start selling them online. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and, of course, in the Facebook group as well as um, behind the scenes in the gold community at GinaMilitia.com. Uh, we'd love to see you. Um, in the Facebook group and feel free to reach out to us on social media. We'd love to connect with you. And thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com. 